Merry Christmas and welcome into this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. Merry Christmas, Freedom Family. The time has finally come. It's, been, it's Christmas morning and the waiting is done. The Christmas season is only possible and the only way we can fully embrace it is understanding that the incarnation is at the heart of Christmas. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. How fantastic of an idea is that? That God would deem us important enough to come down and touch us but worthy enough, even more so, that we can touch him. He's at the heart of Christmas. And so a few thoughts that I want to share with you here in this fourth part of this Christmas series. The message this morning is called The Waiting is Done, or The Wait is Over. However you want to phrase it, the Christmas season is only possible because he became flesh. Now, the first thought I want, to, I want to share with you here this morning is simply this. The heart of God is revealed through the arrival of Jesus. The heart of God is revealed when we see Jesus. He was God in the flesh. He is God in the flesh. And all around us, we look at this world We see brokenness. Many of us feel like we're alone. And this season, we can often feel like we don't fit. But can I tell you something? God knows how to put a circle in a square box. He figures us out. Even when we feel like we don't fit, he figures us out. And the heart is revealed when we realize that that's why Jesus came. He fills voids when no one can. It's because as believers, this world is our home, only temporary home. As believers, we realize that this is only where we lay our heads for a brief, brief night. I don't know how many of you have done traveling, but one of my favorite things to do is just travel with an overnight bag because I know I'm coming home quickly. So can I tell you, don't pack a suitcase for this world, pack an overnight bag. Because it won't be long till we return truly to our home place. And that home place is where God is. And so the Christmas story appears in the beginning of the gospel accounts in the New Testament. And we look at it and we realize that each one has a little bit of a different focus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record the story of Jesus. Some in very different ways. Different angles. For instance. Sherry over there sees the room very differently from where she's at. Nonetheless, it's the same room. While we look over here and we can see Rachel and we can see Andrew and both of them, they still are in the same room. They just see it at a different angle. In the same manner, we look at the Gospels, how each person saw the same story in a different angle. 
Matthew records it like this. The mother Mary was pledged to, uh, to be married to, oh, excuse me, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found pregnant by the Holy Spirit. How many know that the Holy Spirit has different plans than man? Mary was not like, please, uh, I'd like to go this route. I'd like to be shunned by the rest of the world when I have this son of God. No. God chose her and God protected her by coming to Joseph thereafter and saying, don't put her away. Don't walk away. This is me. How many of you have ever been in a situation where in your life you thought that could not, God is not in that, but then he's in it and you're like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Or you thought you were going to make a decision and it was your decision to be made, right? You thought it was your, your best way. How many always have the best way? Right? Some of y'all laughing because you know it's true. You have the best way and then when you have it your way, then you blame God when it doesn't work out. And God's like, that was in my way. But see, God had a way and he said, the only way this could happen is if you're willing to endure how people and what people think of you. And that was hard, wasn't it? Can you imagine being married? Joseph considered putting her away. Angel came to him and said, oh, slow down. Don't do this. This is God. And it took an angel speaking to Joseph in a dream to convince him that Mary's pregnancy was not a reason to call off their wedding. Listen, I've got a plan. Roll with it. Mary's pregnancy was something that was divine and would change the world forever. The author tells us two very important pieces of information and I want to share those with you real quickly as part of our first point. The first one is the arrival of Jesus was to save people of their sins. The whole reason for the arrival of Jesus, listen, is to uh, save people from their sins. And then the second thought is kind of ties together the arrival of Jesus so that God happens so that God would be with us as well. To restore his creation to himself. Isn't that interesting? See, he came for us, but then he also came to restore his glory. He wanted us to be with him again. He loved us so much. He said, this creation is unlike anything else. He breathed into us, and so we have a different investment. There's a different investment in you than he has with the animals. You can be a lover of animals, but you got to understand that there's a difference between man and mammal. God breathed in us life. So we look at these two things, what the arrival of Jesus brought, and every culture surrounding Bethlehem saw that their gods and their deities often corrected their subjects from afar, but God came down and corrected us as he stood next to us. He became flesh. He became sin. He became sacrifice. He became savior. What a beauty this we call Christmas. You see, God so loved the world that he took the world that was broken and gave them life. He became one of us, flesh and blood, so that we would then understand 
that he is invested deeply. And so he mourned with those who mourned and rejoiced with those who rejoiced. And God identifies with us and he calls us to identify with him. See, someone once said it this way, because we needed Jesus and we still need Jesus today. Raise your hand if you need Jesus today. Why are you pointing at your neighbor? No, I'm just saying, just raise your hand. It's true though, right? We need Jesus. But because we needed Jesus, someone once said it this way, our greatest need, if our greatest need had been information, he would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, he would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was money, he would have sent an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so he sent us a savior. A savior is one who eliminates any barrier between us and God. Anything that took path, anything that made a way to be broken, God restored it through the savior Jesus. He cleared the path. He cleared the path. The other day we had some snow on the ground and my wife and I were driving in the car. We knew that it had not been plowed yet. There was no path created. On the way home, on that same day, we were driving back and we looked over to the other side and there was a line of cars behind a plow truck. And my wife said to me, that's the side we want to be on. You remember that? That's the side we want to be on. Why? Because there was a path being cleared. There was a path being cleared. Somebody talk to me. Do you know what state you live in? That there has to be a path cleared for you to feel a little safer on them roads. Because snow, when it comes, it comes fierce. And I tell you what, being behind that that that. A plow truck as it plowed its way through. All the snow had been bumped out of the way and that's the way to drive. That's the way to go. Let me tell you what Jesus did. He plowed a way so that you can come to the Father. He made a way where there seems to be no way. Somebody give him praise in the house. Come on, somebody. Isn't that a great news? Isn't that great news? Now listen. I understand this. I understand that you're a good person. I understand that you are a fabulous individual. I get it. But none of that will matter when we stand before him. Because the truth is, the more you know and recognize his holiness, the more sinful we feel. The more you understand his holiness, the more sinful we can feel. And on this Christmas morning, we're talking about the arrival of baby Jesus who was not going to be baby for too long because by the time he's 12, he's talking to people like he's 22. Jesus eliminated all things that were in the way between you and God. The book of John gives us a perspective of what took place in Bethlehem on that Christmas night. You may have heard it in church or seen it at a ballpark at some point. And it reads like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
Some of you memorized this verse when you were itsy bitsy tiny. Some of you just learned that verse. Some of you just maybe heard it for the first time. But here's what you need to understand. God loved you so much that he gave up his son for you even when you didn't deserve it. And why is that so significant? I'll tell you why. Because of his love for us, he agreed to come. See, God gave, but Jesus surrendered. He gave himself up. The wait is over. Say it with me. The wait is over. When Jesus came, he clearly lived with an unwavering commitment to bring you to the Father. Point two, Jesus left his home to show us the way home. He left his home to show you the way home. One of the best ways to help anybody in customer service is to not point them the direction, but say, come with me, I'll lead you there. That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't point us to heaven. He said, come, follow me. He didn't just say that to the disciples. Friends, he says it to you and me today. He says, come and follow me. I'll show you the way. And he did it for one reason, to return us home. Have you ever been lost? You ever lost a child? Well, some years ago, we had our son, and the only son at the time, the only child we had at the time was Elijah. He was little. He was a few years old firstborn and we were in a department store we were in this department store and he was right next to us we turned to look at something on the thing and turned around and he was gone just like that seconds now it was a rather large department store and he was a rather small child so we quickly looked at each other and we looked around and we called his name called his name what felt like an hour and a half was really probably 22 seconds but we were this close to running to the front and I knew what I was going to do my, my job was to run quickly to the front of the store and watch anything as far as would, that would be leaving the store that's the first thing that ran to my mind is run to the front of the store so I can make sure I know my son is still in the building it wasn't but seconds later that my wife uh, called him and he peeked out from right in between the clothes. Peekaboo. We went, peek you. Come here. Cocotazo bien now. That's Spanish for, I'll take care of you later. I tell you what, that those few seconds felt like an eternity because every single thought rushes through your mind of what could be and what could be happening right now just seconds it was just seconds we found them we said don't you do that don't you run away from mom and dad man it scared us to no end far too many people are living their lives in no direction lost in between all the merchandise in this world friend can I tell you this as I begin to wrap this up here on this Christmas morning Christmas is God's way of leading us by grace to our eternal family the Greek word for believe 
if is pistio. It's the Greek word which means to be persuaded by someone or to have a confidence in someone. Do you believe in Jesus? That is to say, do you have confidence in Jesus? My third thought is simply this. Belief in Christ allows us to live today and eternity. See, he, he calls us to be born again, to live this life. But we don't just live for this life. We really live for the next. Because this one will be over in a, in, a, in a few whistles. But eternity is forever. And so we look at Christmas and the heart of Christmas and we realize that his arrival brings us the opportunity for eternal life. Now let me ask you this question. Will you trust him with your life and unapologetically live for him on this Christmas morning? You see, allow me to turn again to John 3.16 with this thought. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus in the form of a vulnerable baby. Unassuming. In this unassuming cradle to die on a Roman cross but victoriously come out of an empty tomb. All of that for you and for me. And it all starts with Christmas. The heart of Christmas is the love of God reincarnate again, shown again. So with that this morning, allow me this moment to ask you this question. Are you ready for eternity with Jesus? Are you ready to say yes to Jesus forever and ever and ever because if you're not man you have a chance to have true joy true peace true hope and today true love at your access and boy I tell you nothing thrills my heart like the word of God nothing thrills my heart like the word of God it brings life to us a life change that is like no other. This morning, I'm going to ask you, do you believe in him? He loves you. Do you love him back? If you don't, you have a chance this morning to say yes to Jesus. And I invite you to be a part of that here this morning. I want to invite you to pray a, a believer's sort of prayer. A prayer that says, I reinforce my belief as a Christian but maybe you're not a Christian but maybe today you find yourself at the cusp of possibly being Christian maybe you've been in church your whole life and Christian doesn't quite have the same context anymore can I tell you something you can come to him right now and say I want you Jesus in my heart in my life in everything that I am and he will accept you just as you are isn't that good news? How many believe that's good news? Yes? Would you do this for me? Would you just bow your heads right where you are? Father, we recognize your grace and your peace in our lives. And we ask you today that as we look at your word and why you sent Jesus and why he surrendered his life and gave it up, he gave it up for me. 
He gave it up for these individuals hearing me right now. I'm grateful for that today. I have joy in my heart understanding that you are the one who loves and gives first. May we be willing to receive your promise, receive your gift of eternal life, and today we acknowledge you as Savior. Right where you're seated, would you just, maybe just lift up your hands just a little bit. Just, just take a moment and say thank you, Jesus. Just take a moment and appreciate what he's done for you. Just take a moment and tell him you love him. And if you can't do that this morning, I invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. If you can't say you know Jesus, if you can't say that your life is given to him, would you pray this simple prayer with me on this Christmas morning? You could not thrill the heart of God more than this prayer right here. I want you to say this with me. And if you're a believer, would you accompany me as well? Say this. Say, Jesus, I am yours. I surrender fully to you. I give you my life, my heart, my mind, my affection. Help me to see you in a, in a, in a light of salvation. I accept that you died for me. I believe, with, I believe in you with all my heart. I confess you as Savior. Here I am. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for salvation that you offer up to us. Father, thank you for every person that prayed that prayer just now that truly meant it and truly said yes to you. God, we celebrate your birth today. We're so grateful for that. And now we ask, oh Lord, would you pour out your spirit and allow us to experience you? Lord, we honor you and we remember what you did for us. But we thank you that you came and you touched man. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.